Welcome to episode 109 of Seer Nova Podcast. We have Chris Saloff (laughs) with us. So I'm going to play the little intro thing and then we'll get started. Hey, what's up? It's been a minute since you were on here. Yeah, a few months um, since I I think when my Kickstarter was going on. Oh, it was 10 episodes ago. That's cool. I just noticed that. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. 96. (laughs) I I think we're going to try and come on for your 100th episode. I was just like slammed at that point. Yeah, there was a. I was more not playing being like a podcast host and more just being a director and trying to get everybody on there. There was a lot of people, and I was like, I didn't realize the amount of people that actually wanted to be on there. I just realized I did that math entirely wrong. It's the 14, 14 episodes ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's still early, kind of. Oh, yeah. Let me wake up. Now, I had breakfast and a full cup of coffee. Well, almost a full cup of coffee, and I'm still doing that, so that's not good. I think it's, I think it's Sunday. That's the excuse. We'll go with that. There you go. I'm on my first bang, so. Is that the uh, birthday first, cake one? First bang. He's going to take, like, at is least that, is it, <clears throat> is it your birthday cake one, or is that the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, Radical right? Skedatical. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it's it. You know, does a job. So, yeah, it, it was crazy. I, I applied to uh, like a giveaway forever ago, and then like a, a, I felt like a year later, I suddenly had um, what's it called? Uh, an entire box of that stuff sent to me for free. Like just it arrived at my doorstep. I'm like, what the hell? Like, because I picked it up and I hear it, and I don't know who it's from. I just hear liquid shaking in a box. <laughs> I'm like, I know, it's a whole container of liquid nitrogen. I'm about to blow up, or, or no? Is that what it is? Not liquid nitrogen. What's the one that explodes? Nitroglycerin. That's the one. <laughs> but yeah, and then I open it up, and it's a pack of their birthday cake flavor, and it was like my birthday month, and I was like, what the hell? Oh, that's cool. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I don't like birthday cake flavor things. So I got a. Um... Uh, find a, an energy drink sponsor. That's my next goal. Yeah, I had talked to one, but they wanted to give me like a like a level B endorsement, so I had to do all this stupid stuff for it. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just want to get an endorsement. Just do a lot of, just do a lot of Twitch, and you can get G Fuel. I'm good. I'm good with Twitch. Um, we thought about doing Twitch for the game, but none of us really want to be on camera that often. Especially you don't have to put yourself on camera. I've seen some like pretty big Twitch channels that they're never on camera. Interesting. Phone, I think you're playing D and D. People would want to see us like actually be idiots. But... <laughs> it all depends too. Like sometimes it's just the audio, like just hearing you talk. <laughs> see, that's what we're worried about. <laughs> you, 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 you gotta get little animated like pictures of yourselves, like just uh-huh. like, little, little characters, and then that way it's like, no, that guy said it, right? I get like voice actors with the cartoon well, that said something bad. They're like, no, 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 the cartoon character said it. I but apparently that doesn't matter anymore because I just read an article where people are attacking, um, <laughs> what's his name? The guy that plays Soldier Boy on um, The Jensen. Boys, right? He's in The Boys. And what's his name? <clears throat> Jensen uh, Eccleston. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah I've, I'm not seeing the newest season yet. I got I to gotta see it. So don't he's spoil he's it. like in it for like. Technically, one episode so far. That's so okay. Don't spoil it. But like, they're saying he's a racist because his or, or a sexist or something like that. 
Have you not seen the boys? Like they're yeah. I was gonna say the previous season with the freaking crazy thunder or uh, what the hell's the name? Ah, oh, shit. The one that has like the, the ridiculous power. What was it? Stormfront. Stormfront. Yeah, exactly. She's like literally a, a racist. Well, her, in her defense, she's she's Jewish um, in real life, um, so they can't really attack her for being a Nazi because she's a Jew. <laughs> but you know. Apparently, apparently they're coming after him, and I'm like, "Have you never seen the boys? Like, do you think all these people really feel this way in real life? Like, come on, yeah." The, the, the guy that the guy that plays Homelander isn't actually a prick. Like, he's <laughs> he's just in nice real life. Yeah, he's, a, he's like, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I just think that uh, the news cycle is really slow, so like these these like news channels are trying to pick up the smallest bit and blow it up. Yeah, because the Amber Heard trial has nothing to you know report on anymore. Yeah, yeah, they're like, listen, we're done with poop in the bed. We need everything else, and then right. Like, oh no, now there's some shit. people that are like on Amber's side because of uh, oh, I guess men can get away with anything. I'm like, he didn't get yeah. away with anything. <laughs> I think I think Amy Schumer said something about that. I was laughing. I was like, what the hell? Like, she give, they literally have it. I could give two Amber turds about whatever she said. <laughs> That's the thing is like we went through the jury of our peers, which is what we're supposed to do, and uh, or not jury of our peers, but you know, yeah, jury of our peers because that's what they had. They had uh, uh, an entire jury there. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a full five. Um, what happened? And they followed the justice system. It's not anybody's fault that uh, it was publicized, and we all had our own opinions on the matter, but. When psychologists and everybody else chime in and they're giving their opinions, like oh, the one guy's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Do I have to answer that question? Yes, you have to answer questions. Like what? I mean, I know a, a few people that were talking about, um, you know, trauma they experienced and how. And this is not just one case, but like multiple people. If you've experienced trauma, when you have to relive that trauma, especially when they play recordings back. You can remember it like verbatim what happened. Yeah. And she's up yeah. there. Oh, I don't remember that. It was vague. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, mad. No. Stepped on a bee. Yeah. <laughs> like, constant deflection. I'm, I'm just glad it's over and now we can yeah. talk about, you know, something else. I think my next um, thing is going to be trying to find some something controversial to do with myself so I can get more, you know, more people to look at crit. See, that's what we're doing now. We just got to start talking about more like more news and politics, and then people will be like, oh, I have opinions. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me go poop in someone's bed. Maybe I'll make, you know, front, front headlines or something. Yeah. <laughs> we, oh, we could remix uh, Lonely Islands, uh, you know, a song about a box and call it, you know, just poop in a box. <laughs> in in, uh, in actual uh, the plans, my wife and I have the. Uh, turtleneck and chain outfit and we're doing a turtleneck and chain photo shoot so that's next on the list of things to come from my wife and i because i nice. absolutely love Lon lonely island and i forget what it, i was wearing a turtleneck maybe one day or i forget what it was but i started singing turtleneck and chain and she was like we should do a photo shoot <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that that one's is that one an older one because i'm trying to remember uh song. I, I recognize yeah. the name but they're all yeah, pretty old was, in a sense. That was the name of an album, like Turtleneck and Chain. Oh, that's why. I just looked it up, yeah. I was like, yeah, that sounds familiar, but like, I'm like, I don't remember, like, and no words are coming to mind, and then I'm like, oh, that makes more sense. I really like the Michael Bolton one. 
Yeah. Yeah, they should have been singing that. That was kind of weird, but we're back in the club. <laughs> I used to uh, when so I found them because my roommate at the time, um, like our rooms were like four feet apart, and he'd be playing PlayStation in one room, I'd be playing PlayStation in the other, and he would have his music blasting, and I hear Lonely Island, and I walk in, I'm like, what are you listening to? It's kind of cool. He goes, oh, it's Lonely Island. So he starts playing it, and it's all on YouTube at this point. I couldn't find the albums. And um, I think for an entire day, we just went through every Lonely Island video and just sat there on our day off and, and spent the entire day dedicated to Lonely Island. No, I, def- I definitely did that when I first found them out. I don't remember what song it was that I first heard, heard them, but I definitely know that right after getting that, I listened through all of it. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I love that stuff. <laughs> Always a good time. I think we chat more about like pop culture every time that I get on here with you guys. Oh yeah, that's the stuff we got. We gotta just yeah, yeah we just gotta sneak in a bunch of stuff like that and then be like, no, this is totally about comic books. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk comic books for a second. Well, it, it's fitting because my entire book is, is a pop culture reference. So yeah, <laughs> which funded in March. And... Yep. Yep. Finished this morning, actually. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. Do you have a favorite process that you like seeing when you like certain pages or like what type of process? I no, like, like, like the letters and pencils and stuff come out, like, you know, which, which phase of that? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Um, it differs. There's, so I actually just finished uh, the other day, probably my favorite page that I've ever drawn. Um, with this book, I tried to showcase each character's personality along with their action sequences because it, it's it's dungeons and dragons and some of the most fun in dungeons and dragons is seeing your characters you know beat up other characters um and so we haven't really been able to showcase everybody's powers the best that i would have liked because it's a comic book so it's it's condensed um and everybody really got a, a chance to shine so when i got to boulder inspector i decided to utilize some like manga and anime style like storytelling with action so there's a lot of like like it's just animated a little differently than say caliber and bones who are very um like well, well caliber in real life the kid the guy knows seven different forms of martial arts and is a marksman um like he's ridiculous in real life so when i draw his his panels they're very you know accurate to life um I actually have to run every sequence by him to make sure it makes sense. And I think his pages went back and forth like three or four times, like, hey, move my finger. My finger is in the wrong position because I had his hand like like this when he was hitting somebody. He's like, no, I would tuck the thumb and then move it this way because I don't want – I'm like, okay. So I'd redraw the hand. And when I got to Boulder Inspector, I was like, well, these guys are straight out of my hero academia, so I want to do something like that. You know, big explosions, lots of fire and things. And as I was, as I finished the page and I zoomed out and looked at it, I was like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever drawn." Um, you know, with the superpowers going back and forth, and just the 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 raw like energy on the page. Um, that was the coolest thing I think that I've experienced so far out of the fifty-two pages I've drawn for this book. Um, was that like a splash page, like uh, like a big fight scene, or was it no. like a series of panels? Just a series of panels of Spectre burning some guy to death. Um, well, not really to death, because it couldn't, it, it wouldn't 
happen that way, uh, the way that guy's powers are set. But um, it was just a lot of burning, <laughs> a lot of anguish and pain. And what's cool is like Boulder's holding the guy so that Spectre can just light him on fire. And Spectre's like, but I'm going to burn you. And Boulder's like, no, just go ahead and do it. I'm fine. Like, I'll tank it. No worries. And um, it's just like a cool sequence. And I think also the fact that I've experienced this stuff like happening at the table, getting to see it kind of come to life. That's the cool part. Um, you know, last night we were going through and beginning the lettering process. And that's a team effort. Um, so as I'm, you know, taking it from recording to drawing, I make notes. Like I have, I have all the dialogue already set. So when we go to the script, the final script before it makes it to paper, we just read through and make sure everything is right. Because when you're role playing, you can repeat things or, you know, you just say stupid stuff you don't really want on paper. <laughs> and, um, I tell you what, this book really wrote itself. We didn't have to do much editing. There was a lot of, it, but it was really cool to see the words and the action and go, man, like there's just a part where Boulder's eating a taco and what he's saying is just hilarious at the time. And I'm like, I remember when he said that, I remember that exact action um, happening at the table. And I think that's the best, the best part of the process is really being able to match them up and then rem remembering back to when we role played it and going, Wow, like it all, it's just like comes full circle. It's really cool. Um, and in getting to see them, like my friends, like look at themselves on paper and go, oh God, I remember when that happened. That's so, that's so like awesome to see come to life. Um, those, those are the fun moments, you know, just being able to see their faces and, and, and relive some of those fun moments we had because we've been playing the game since 20, 19 2018 so we're going on three four years playing this game and <laughs> and to see it all come to life and and still remember those moments and be fond of them is really cool um actually, also, also, what i was just gonna say it's also kind of cool because having readers know that these were real things makes it so like it's a part of theirs like they can like envision that as part of their story yeah, especially if you play D and D, it's like, oh god, that's something my character would do. Like I hear that a lot. It's like, yeah, I like I like this character because he reminds me of a character I would play in D and D. Um, and then, uh, side note: last week we started the very last chapter. We're playing the end of Crit. Um, I anticipate it to take about six sessions, but we'll see because they kind of always divert into left field on me. <laughs> so. <laughs> We'll see where it goes, but um, yeah, we're we're coming to the close. We've all already decided we were going to play a different game for a little while and come back to Crit, like a side story of Crit. And we all were like, "Well, you know, we're almost at level twenty. We've never played a level twenty campaign. Let's get to level twenty. Let's beat this, and then we'll find new characters to enjoy." And I was kind of against it at first. I was like, "Well, man, like as a DM, I'm kind of tired." DMing the same campaign for four years and we had taken a month off so we'd come back to it and I was like okay yeah I'm good we can let's continue this this is fun um because where we're at story there's like a two-year gap and I'm really happy because they they all embraced that two-year gap and grew their characters in ways that I really didn't anticipate like they're doing things a little differently um Bones in particular, like, really wanted to change the aspect of his character, what he's gone through in this time period. <clears throat> um, 
So it was just very, very cool to see them embrace this end game style situation they're in. So you know, I'm, I'm really stoked to, to get that recorded. And, uh, you know, it'll probably take another two years or so until I can get all the books out. But we'll get there. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I think it's kind of cool, like ending like the the main series first, because like then then like the TV shows are like more enjoyable, like the side the side uh, the side films, that kind of thing. So that's that's kind of cool. Yep, those pages are almost done for the other book we're working on, Mister uh, Mister Wizard and Friends. That came to life. Um, uh, Robert Mix is doing it, and his art style just is perfect for that that style storytelling he sent me the, the pages the other day he's almost done with them and just just awesome so i'm really stoked to like have you finish crit and then go right into that that's awesome yeah hector show me what the cover w will look like for our third seer chronicles and uh <laughs> it's awesome but then he's like so i'm gonna like change up what i originally sent you so then he sent me the new version of that and it's only like 30 percent done and i was like that looks amazing and he's like yeah it's only 30 percent done it's like still looks awesome like i can't it's cool it. seeing it like your ideas come to life you know yeah yeah and the one crazy guy looks that shit insane so i'm like that's perfect <laughs> that's cool yeah um that was i was watching stranger things and you guys have seen it. Part of it. I've, seen I've it not yet. seen it, but if you say anything about it, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be upset. The, the main <laughs> villain in the series, I was like, I was watching him, and I'll go. I go, okay, I have hope for a live action version of Zaka, um, because he's like this undead looking thing. I'm like, just just give him a green tint, and literally that's that's the character. Give him a suit, a pen, maybe a cigar. And so I called the guys, and I was like, so we have hope. If we pitch to Netflix, we know their special effects department can cover that. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you pitch to Netflix, um, you you don't have to worry about anything. Like they're just they're just gonna buy it, you know, because they buy everything. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Sucks they got away from animation because they had some really good animes that I liked. Um, like uh, Seven Deadly Sins. Seven Deadly Sins. They had uh, what was that? The one my kid loves, the dragon. Um, it's about a dragon egg. I can't think right now the the name of it. Um, yeah, I didn't know they moved away from animation because they, they they did a bunch of animation, but I didn't know that they had to animation. cut something because they lost money because they're doing things. They're like going to turn into blockbuster because they're. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really yeah. Fun. They can't cancel all the the little kid movies where they're talking about sex and little kid shows. Apparently, but they can cancel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, that stuff's okay, but yeah, it, it's interesting though because if I remember correctly, too, Netflix did announce something saying basically they're just going to do whatever they want, so they'll keep like the Dave Chappelle up there as well, but they'll also keep the the stuff. Yeah, that but they're they're cutting out movies. they're cutting out movies that did make them money, like um, the Irishman. They're gonna just they're like we are not gonna accept well, things like that. I think I think they basically said that they they can't afford to make movies like that because it's like too ex like that because I like, think about it, they're all like top level actors on that that's stupid expensive it was over the top but it's a Netflix run not a you know theater run like they they don't they can't make the same revenue and yeah, I, I so they it is making Adam Sandler movies. They could literally just release it in theaters. It's not that hard. I, I know. That's what I was just going to say. Like, what Netflix needs to do instead of just sticking with um, their digital releases is open up a damn movie theater because there's a bunch of movie theaters that are going out of business and they've got plenty of money to buy them. Open a Netflix movie theater and maybe people can do something cool like show up and vote to on what to watch. 
Like that, like that. I don't know why they haven't thought of this stuff. Like Blockbuster, the only Blockbuster that's still around is like a Blockbuster that was turned into an Airbnb that has all the VHS tapes in there, and they got like three different rooms from like the '70s, '80s, and '90s vibes or something like that. And you can like have all these different films you can watch on tape, and like that's brilliant because they they moved into an entertainment thing. I think I think I talked about uh, Toys R Us was the same deal. Toys R Us went out of business because they let Amazon sell all their toys online instead of doing it themselves. But what they could have done, since every Toys R Us is a warehouse, they're all super tall, they could have turned it into, I think Gary V actually mentioned this, they could have turned it into like a Nickelodeon-like experience with like slime and play, like a playhouse where you can play with the toys. And then like literally it's like, oh yeah, and if you want to buy online, here you go and just get them to sign up. And like, oh, if you get a membership here, like it's a like a theme park, like, like they just don't want to adapt. And it's so weird because Netflix went from selling DVDs to doing everything online digitally and then they just stopped they're like okay let's make movies let's keep making movies let's make more movies more expensive oh nope that was too much what about cartoons oh that's too much it's like no do something totally different like open up a movie theater i would i would definitely check out a netflix movie theater yeah they they can't keep up with the same model because when they came out they were the only ones doing it and now everybody's doing it and are you which by the way sign up for our platform <laughs> right well I like like um, some of them. They're just cheap, you know. It's five bucks, yeah. and they have. And the thing is, they had all all the content that was on Netflix. Now you can get from them, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, my but, friend uh, Ryan's like, oh, I got a free month of Paramount Plus. Never been on this app before in my life. He's like, the second uh, Sonic movie's on there, yep. and my girlfriend never saw the first one, so we first watched the first one, and she's like, we're just scrolling through like the app. And I'm looking at all the shows. There's like the '90s, like Rugrats and stuff. It's like, she's like, "Can we like buy this when we get our house?" It's like, you can do whatever you want, whatever. You, it's like five dollars, so it's pretty yeah. cheap. She's you like, can, "You yeah. can add your Amazon, like if you have Amazon Prime, you can just add the channel to Amazon Prime." Yeah, which I'll probably just do. Yeah, as I was gonna say, I think the thing that that kind of sucks is that like Netflix has ba basically created the space, but every competitor that they're up against owns another business that can basically support their streaming platform until they crush Netflix. And then they're all going to increase their prices too. Like it, it just sucks. Like Amazon, for example, they could, they could give away their film platform for free. Oh wait, they basically are. It's part of Amazon prime and they can do that until Netflix goes out of business and they could wait 30 years and not care. And then when it's all, all said and done, they could just branch it off into its own company because the amount of money they make from the packages they deliver, it's not even close. And so same with Paramount, they make film that go into theaters and now they can make an app. So they have money that's coming in from somewhere else. And that's what I mean. Like Netflix needs to diversify what they're doing or they're going to collapse. And it sucks because yeah, they're the, they're basically the originators of this idea and they just don't know how, like they innovated for the idea that they came up with. And then they're like, I'm all out of innovation. I don't know what else to do. I think Netflix should do like what Amazon and stuff are doing. Uh, well, Sell stuff online. <laughs> uh, what Amazon is doing is they have a lot of indie movies and stuff. And well, Netflix is doing that though. Look, yeah, what they're doing is more. You got Umbrella yeah. Academy, and you have I can't name. There's it. there's a there's a crap ton of Netflix movies. Like I was literally before I hopped on this call watching another Netflix movie. Like they have. They've got to have hundreds of movies they've made so far. They they've definitely been doing that. Yeah, the quality is the question. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's what I mean. Like the funding isn't there because yeah. Amazon could could take their warehouse money and be like, yeah, let's make a ten billion dollar movie. It's okay. It's like one percent of the revenue this year. 
plus their pricing model was garbage especially when it was released that in other countries it's a lot cheaper so they would they would price hike the us because we could afford it and then drop it in other countries just to get viewers but they weren't getting viewers so all this money they were spending to get viewers we were absorbing as users in the us that had adopted it from day one that's what netflix did yeah that's stupid too because basically every time they stream a film that they don't own themselves they have to pay for that and if they're doing that in in countries that are paying less money and let's say they're bored and they just keep watching the films that's just costing them more money and yeah we would just have to keep absorbing it it wouldn't even be worth it other than the visual uh like hey look at our numbers they're really good but they could be like it's vanity metrics it, it, they're also oh sorry go well you look at um because I, I was going through like my subscription yesterday hbo max right i have at&t so i get hbo max because they're you know partner companies i don't pay for hbo max but i use it i'm sure there's something on my phone bill that you know that yeah. and then disney uh, partner with Verizon, so you get. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So we had. Who's going to partner with Google? I, I got to figure that one. Who needs to partner with? Nobody needs to partner with Google. Well, no, it's just funny because like, uh, so I had Verizon when I was in New York, and their service was trash. Like, they they came to my house one day to fix uh, to to fix my uh, internet. And I told them, I'm like, the only thing that's wrong is that the router is out of date. We need a new router. You guys gave us an old one. That's the only thing that needs to be, that needs to be fixed. I go, I go to work that day. They come in to, uh, to my apartment and they fix it all up. I come back. They rewired and changed everything from the wall outside to the inside except for the router. I had to have them come back again. And then they charged me more for it when they told me I'd get it for free. And then they then one time... Uh, they called my, uh, I was busy at work. They called my cousin uh, because he had like an alt number. He does not have any privileges on the account. They suggested that we pay for more internet. And he was like, oh yeah, that might be good. He didn't say yes. And then they upped my bill without my permission, which is a hundred percent illegal. Like it was so bad. That was Verizon experience for me. So we switched to AT&T uh, when we moved to Nashville and um, we're paying for the gigabyte speed. And every once in a like, I haven't had a gigabyte since like we paid for it. It's been like half a gig, which is totally fine. Like that's still like way more than enough. And then Google, we see them outside laying wires down and we're like, oh, Google's coming and they offer two gigabytes and this the same price. And all of a sudden we tell AT&T, hey, we're switching to Google. And they're like, oh, we just launched a two gigabyte plan. <laughs> like, so th these guys are like, set, like. I hate the fact that basically all of these companies, other than Google, because they're brand new to the space, I'm sure eventually they might do it too. All of them try to like, do, like just suck money out of you when they already have the means to give you a better system without having to cut their bottom dollar. Like, it, uh, I just, yeah, I hate all those. Well, you can guys. go into the history of that and go back to mm -hmm. uh, Bell. Do you remember Bell? Do you ever hear about? I yeah, know, older the than Bell Graham or whatever. Yeah, so they, they had to split up Bell because it was a monopoly. And when they did that, there's there's good and bad. And because I've actually done reports on this for school because uh, I was a communications major and part of communications is digital communication. Um, and yes, we in the US, we have um, more competition, which does, you know, competition creates innovation, right? In other countries, there's one company and you play fat flat pricing it's 
it's arguably more available to people because you don't have this competition of who owns what tower. Um, so there's positives to having one company. You probably get growth faster because they, they're not limited to where they can grow their network to. Like T-Mobile, for instance, has better service in other countries than they do here because they don't have the space, um, even after buying Sprint. I was going to say, yeah, the T-Mobile Sprint thing. So it's not even so much that the competition can halt things. The problem is when competition gets too big, meaning like there's a Coke and Pepsi on the top. Uh, when it could be, actually, I bet there's less regulation when it comes to the Coke and Pepsi. But when it comes to stuff like ISPs, these guys then make a ton of regulations that basically prevent companies from entering the space. They actually tried to prevent that T-Mobile and Sprint merger for like years. They would not let them do it even though it would make a third major competitor. They were trying to halt it and say that well, there was reason they couldn't do it. And they it's only like, wanted that sprint space because of the wireless, uh, um, uh, the push to talk that they had. Do you remember? Um, talk about the walkie-talkie fan? Yeah, Sprint's original push to talk was phenomenal. Yeah, I had I had one of the, the brick phones at one yep. point. The <laughs> that, that bandwidth was absolutely phenomenal that's why it was adopted by every major construction company your government agencies all those places because it was like instant instant communication yeah and then they made those steel rebar ones so you could run over the yep, motorola i used to sell those things man those motorola phones you could literally run them over and like but um when when sprint went up for sale the government came in and said hey we're taking that bandwidth so when t-mobile finally got it they got jacked on why they wanted it to begin with. Damn, that sucks. I didn't know that. <clears throat> imagine, that actually makes a lot of sense, too. But imagine, like, T-Mobile with that. I'm not going to lie. T-Mobile was one of the ones when I was a kid. You know, like, when I, I say a kid, but I was in my early 20s. I loved my damn sidekick. And I've been saying for years, like, I'd probably switch to T-Mobile, run off Wi-Fi for phone calls if I could just get my damn sidekick back. <laughs> oh my god! I, I remember you, this is something that I actually remember mentioning uh, before. Uh, do I have it around here? Yeah, there it is. Uh, just because I was playing with it the other day. So, yeah, see this phone? Yep. The chocolate. This is no. This is the Sony Ericsson Walkman. This is one of the first. Where is the camera? It was one of the first, like uh, basically iPods and phones mixed together. And I could plug in. A, uh, where's the cable on this thing? There it is. I can plug in a cable right here and run a USB to my um, laptop and run internet through it. Yep. I could. I could. So I would be in. My, I'd be in the back of my mom's car. I have this thing plugged into my laptop and I could use it. Yep. They had wireless air cars built into them. Well, well, the whole thing was that it had unlimited data, and they just didn't expect anyone to do what I did. And I figured out. I'm like, oh, I could just run data through this and, as like an internet source. You're part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it sucked because it was like, like. I'm paying for the internet. There's no reason for them to like have to change. Like, I, I hate the fact that I, I pay for internet on my phone and then they're like, oh, but if you want to make it a hotspot, you have to change it. It's like, why? It still has, it, my phone's still the bottleneck. It's still limited by however much bandwidth my phone is allowed to actually transmit, which means that like I can only do as, as, as much as the phone can already do. So if I want to use it on my laptop or on my phone, why is that relevant? I always hated that. So the part of the, the shift was, the companies had to kind of move with with the demand of the cost consumer, right? So when you had that phone, most people were still talking on cell phones and texting, right? So data was like a third. Someone like you would use it. Someone like me, because I was on tour back then, and having a phone with unlimited internet 
plug that thing up to my laptop, I didn't have to find some place to plug in because I had to send reports every single night from the van. And we would have to find somewhere that had internet so I could plug in, send all our the record label. I would just have my phone, bam, plug it in, send an email, I'm done. It was like I do now. But back then, that was like, you know, everyone thought you were special. Because <laughs> most people, again, were, were still at flip phones, talking and texting. Well, when we shifted from talking and texting to using internet for everything, they weren't making the revenue from the per text or the, you know, people were dropping their text packages, things like that, because they're like, oh, why would I send a text when I can go to Facebook and send a message? I was about to say, I remember when that first came up and then they were like, oh, shit, we can't charge for messages anymore. So that's when they shifted to the the, the data packages because they lost. They're like, oh, we'll just give we'll just shift it. We'll give unlimited talk and text because nobody uses the shit and we'll charge for what they use. And that that's why. Um, yeah. When I was when I first started working at Verizon, I would have people come in with these old unlimited plans because the original unlimited plans weren't throttled. They were completely unlimited. My, my cousin literally two days ago was telling me about how he got tricked into getting rid of his grandfather plan. He, they, they did the at t did the same thing to me. I had one of those uh, unlimited uh, internet plans. And basically I asked the sales rep probably a half dozen times, like this will not get rid of my like unlimited. And basically he wasn't lying because I had unlimited internet, but he, failed to mention the the throttling that they added later and i was oh, i was so pissed <laughs> Dude, i had people that would come in and they would sell their plan to someone for like i had a guy come in and he would they would meet on like craigslist they'd come in he'd go let me know about the plan i would tell them everything and we were a third-party seller so like it didn't their plans never mattered to me i'm like yeah, yeah this dude has a plan you cannot get and he was like cool i want to throw a hot spot on it because you could just do a device swap on those plans. And he's like, and so the guy would turn around and give him 500 bucks. He's like, I don't even, and he's like, how much data do I use? I'm like, you might use two gigs. He's like, cool. Here's $500. Thank you for my, my phone number. Get, he'd get a new phone number. I'd switch that line off his account onto a new account and they'd keep it. And then I was able to keep business for a while because in our system, like the old school Verizon systems, I figured out a way that you could upgrade your phone and keep the plan. Oh, it, see that, that was, that was yeah, uh, actually I got really, I got kind of creative one day. This is, this is like what I did in sales. I was so bored. And I was like, if I could become the only rep that knows how to trick the system, then I could get all the business because like 2012, 2014, everybody was dying to keep those plans. And so I opened up a computer on one side of the store and I was like, all right, I'm going to start this over here. And so I started a, um, just a device swap. It wouldn't change your plan, nothing. So I was like, all right, I'll open this over here, but I won't finish it because when, once you finish the upgrade, it would drop off the code and you couldn't get it back on there. Yeah. And the guy was okay. Losing his, his internet. He's like, I don't care. I don't use it. I'm like, I just want to see if this works because I had done something similar before. And I noticed that once I completed something, like it put this one product code back on that you couldn't get back. And I was like, I wonder if we'll do it for the unlimited internet. So I processed the upgrade for the guy. It drops the plan off. I even, I called in, I was like, hey, he doesn't have this anymore. They're like, no, he doesn't. So I went back over to the computer. I started 
the uh, the device transfer to, and I hit submit, it processed, and I opened the plan, and the product code's back on there for unlimited internet. Like, didn't change his plan. I call in. I'm like, hey, I just wanna, I just wanna confirm this gentleman has this. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, he's good. I was like, I just figured it out, and I didn't tell anybody. I was I just, gonna say, yep. When I talked to my cousin, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's exactly what I was telling my cousin. Was it's funny that you were able to figure it out too. Like, this is so weird that I, I literally had like an hour long conversation two days ago about this because. The thing that sucked was the reason why no one was able to do this was because basically there's a database that has the code in it. And once it's in the system, it can function, but they'll take it away from the database. The code will still run, but once you get rid of it, there's no way to add it back on because it's not in the database anymore. But essentially, yeah, what you were doing was keeping a temporary file while making the transfer and then you just put it back on. So you, yeah, you literally figured out the thing that no one else could figure out because I, I was telling them like it made sense. Like if you ever wanted to get a new phone, there's not a way to do it because of the fact that it's taken off the database and once they transfer it. So that's, oh, that's, that's brilliant. That's awesome. So my rule was, cause I told everybody I know how to do it, but I'm not telling anybody how to do it. And I wouldn't, I ran a store by myself so yeah. I would get phone calls, say, hey, Chris, I'm going to log in and do this. Can you, and they would have to share me in on the sales. So I was making commission off of other people's sales because I was the only person that knew how to do it. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it, but you got to share me in. So they were willing to cut me in for half so they wouldn't lose the sale because customers were like, well, fuck that. I'm not going to upgrade my phone. I'll just go on, on Amazon and buy an unlocked phone. That's how pe how connected people work to their unlimited data. Yep. And they're like, no, 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 we, we have a guy that can do this. Hold on. <laughs> so I became that guy. And I'm like, so I'm just sitting there one day and my boss is like, how come everybody in the state's sharing you in on their sales? I'm like, because I'm special. <laughs> I'm not going to work. I'm just going to sit here and absorb everybody else's money. It's fine by me. I figured it out. And then slowly but surely Verizon changed the plans. People started just switching. And so if there's any time travelers that want to sign up for nomination, <laughs> want to listen to this, learn how to do that. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and you can figure out how to save your unlimited data. Well, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I, but when you're in 100% commission sales, you kind of have to be creative on how you make money. Yeah, that's very like ripping people off, like what they did to you. We had people that would be like, oh, well, if you want to keep your unlimited data, you have to keep, you have to get a hotspot because hotspots had unlimited data. They had that code. Hmm. So there for a while, you could get a hotspot which had true unlimited data. You'd pay 80 bucks a month for it and it wouldn't be throttled because it was a hotspot. They knew you were using it for like home internet. Yeah. And they started throttling those as well. So what people would do is they'd be like, hey, upgrade your phone and get this hotspot because then they'd get more commission for selling an additional device. And then I would find out and I'd come in and I'd re reverse, I'd call, get everything reversed and then process it my way. I. I didn't like that. I, I just realized something you were just talking about earlier. AT and T or with AT and T, you get HBO Max. Yeah, I I, I just realized this. Um, HBO is owned by Warner, which used to be owned by AT and T. Correct? Didn't they yeah, just they, get bought by Discover? Well, I don't think they got bought. I thought they merged. Well, like, yeah, but they, they but they're separate from AT and T now. They're not they're not part of that. Like they they merged into Discovery, not the other way around. So oh, I thought you meant the credit card. Sorry, yeah, no, Discovery. No, sorry, Discovery. Discovery. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Warner, Warner Brothers got bought by them, so like they're going to add. They're supposed to be adding. Well, Warner, Warner Media did. That's why I was saying. I don't know yeah, if it's so the same. Yeah, so 
I thought they were supposed to get all their stuff onto HBO Max at some point, like Investigation Discovery and all the other Discovery Channel. All those shows and stuff, I think, are going to go on HBO Max at some point. So, Well, I'm curious to see what it does to um, DC Comics because AT&T owned DC when they owned Warner. Yep. And well, I know that some, some lady or whatever that's part of that left and they're getting like a new person or they got a new person that's like the president or like the Kevin well that's why that's true with all the movies and all that stuff because yeah, they're so, determined to make money off of this stuff which is fine um, yeah. so maybe they'll actually get like a shared universe that actually works this time i don't know i, don't know. I am uh i'm hoping they actually don't follow the marvel formula um to be honest with you yeah, i didn't of course <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh, I don't remember who we were chatting with a couple weeks ago about this, but what I would actually have liked or what I would like to see them do is do something similar to the Marvel Universe. Because I like the idea of doing individualized characters because they're they're not good at just like putting a bunch of people together. DC, like they're just terrible at it. Mm -hmm. And instead, what they could do is focus on the villains and then just build out this really dark universe. And I think that that would be really interesting because... Like like Joker was great, um, you know. People liked that. Uh, I personally liked the show Gotham. Like I thought that was a cool show. Uh, I know sometimes it was corny and cheesy, but like I love the idea of following the villains. And honestly, like the new Batman, like if they had just made that Batman part of that Gotham universe, I think it would have been ten times better. Now, the only problem I had with that Batman, and I get chastised for this all the time, but it's emo. No, and it wasn't just the emo. It was that you had Batman and you had Bruce Wayne, and you couldn't tell the difference besides he's wearing a mask. Yes, that, yes, that's the, I. So this this is what I. So I finally did watch it like a couple weeks ago, um, and now it's been out long enough. I don't care. We're not spoiling anything. Oh, we were spoiling talking about Aaron about that. I think. Yes, we were talking about Aaron about this. It was a couple weeks ago, but basically, um, my biggest thing. So Aaron Aaron was discussing it, and he said why he didn't like it without spoiling it for me. And then I watched it, and I understand exactly what he means. Um, but basically, my thing was, I think that it was a, a great movie, but not a great Batman movie, right? Like, if I'm looking at it as Batman, the character, like, you're right. Like, Bruce and Batman are supposed to be different. Like, I shouldn't think that they're the same person. And my biggest issue near the end, and here's a big spoiler in case you didn't get all the way to the end, is that Joker's already in jail. He's only been Batman for two years, and the Riddler already knows he's Batman, how, how is he going to last for like a decade if two of his biggest arch rivals already know who he is? And well, there's no way that they wouldn't tell the Joker right there. Like, it wouldn't yeah, make any sense. Like, they need to can that idea of Joker and retire Joker for a little bit, um, in my honest opinion. Like, well, that's probably why they put him in jail like that, honestly. I actually think he's that. He's going to be out when the, him and Riddler are definitely breaking out. <laughs> well, that's going to, that's got to happen, but. I think it was a decent Batman movie. I just think that Bruce Wayne, they shit the bed on. And to be honest with you, just about every single Bruce Wayne has come second. And people don't realize this about Batman, which is one of the reasons I, I actually really enjoy the character. I don't know if you can see all my statues and everything. Um, I've been a Batman fan since I was four years old. Like My wedding ring is literally Batman with diamonds embezzled in it. Um, huge Batman fan. Batman Spawn, my two favorite characters of all time. All right. And Batman isn't the mask that people think. Bruce Wayne is the mask. So if you're yeah. going to cast someone to play Batman, 
all right? Dark and brooding is super easy. Ridiculously easy. I'm angry. I'm Batman. I'm vengeance. Uh, like, it's really not that hard. Everybody has captured Batman aside from, what's his name from ER? Um, uh, Clooney? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's the only one that didn't capture Batman because he just played George Clooney. But Yeah. Ironically, as George Clooney was a very good Bruce, but in that sense, you're right. Batman was the mask, not uh, right. Bruce. Yeah. So if you're going to cast a Batman actor, don't have them, you know, try to be Batman. Ask them to bring in their Bruce Wayne. That's what I would love to see. And me, as a person, if I were like an actor and, and they called me and said, hey, we want you to play Batman, I would watch the animated series and I would sit there and, and come into a theme song. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My, my phone rang. Sorry. Um, but like, I would come in and, and bring that Bruce Wayne from the animated series. That's what I would do. That, that, that's, that was actually what I mentioned about. I was telling Greg, um, other than Bruce in this, because I honestly, if they fixed Bruce Wayne in this, I think I would have had less problems with the movie but i think like that made me think about other things too much because my biggest thing was that i actually really like the fact that this movie felt like a, anim a real life version of the original animation he was in he was you almost never saw bruce he was batman like 90 percent of the time and that's mostly what the animation was everyone wanted to see batman and then he would go be bruce for like 10 seconds and then immediately have to shirk off to be uh you know batman again so like it, it was i i actually liked that part about it but yeah, you're right. I think stuff, right. I mean, the, the, the detective piece, that was the first time I really saw him be a detective. Yes. I liked that. Yep. Um, given some of the, the plot points were a little bit weak, like the carpet, you know, that's exactly that's so funny. To have a guy that knows about carpet yes. in the room with the carpet. The, the way you just said that, too, that's exactly what I was telling Greg. Like, I love the fact that they did the detective stuff. I wish it was a little more complicated. I wish that, like, I really did go, oh, like, I didn't get that oh moment from the Riddler, and I was really hoping for that. I was really hoping to have, like, this twisted riddle that's been playing the whole time that I just never noticed, and instead it was, like, the carpet. Like, that was the M. Night Shyamalan twist. Like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what have you done that better with the carpet instead of having this dude that just knows about carpet? Like Bruce is in there, like what is what is different about this room? And he has the tech the tech eyes, right? right. And just like in the in the video games, and the you're going through and you yeah. pick up clues of like the age of maybe the scratches or something on it, and then he's like, oh, look, why is he why is he constantly bringing this carpet up and down? Like, why does it look like he's constantly moving this carpet? There's got to be yeah. something. They made it too easy. I feel like they probably were like, we need to cut this scene short. And that's they were literally like, hey, let's put a random cop in there whose dad happens to have been a carpenter who yeah. dealt with you know something that no one's seen in forever. Like it looks like a cop at knife. Huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that, that was weak. Um now the fight scene that happened after everything got blown up, like straight from the comics. Really or not the comics, the uh, the video games really liked that. There were parts that I was like, I really like, but I really hated the fact that I'm I'm a bigger dude than Bruce Wayne, who is Batman, and he's supposed to wake up every day and work out. I look at my yes. wife, and I was like, you know, this is the only thing that I was worried about with this dude, was he said he wasn't going to put on weight for the role. And you look at Keaton, Keaton worked out for his role in Batman, and Keaton was a comedian. Bale, Bale put on weight. 
Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer worked out. Even George Clooney worked out for this role. Okay. And don't even get me started on freaking Ben Affleck. Because yeah. Who became a monster. Batman, right. Yeah. And, and if we're talking about Bale, people give hit, him shit all the time for his Batman. But that dude went from the machinist. Yeah. Oh my God. You're like crackhead skinny. Oh, yeah. He, well, that's the whole point. Yeah. yeah. He, 200 pounds is what he gained. And when he auditioned for Batman, they're like, are you sure you can do this? And he's like, I've got a nutritionist. I've got this. I've got that. He was eating four whole chickens a day. And if you watch in Batman Begins, when he gets up and starts doing push-ups and sit-ups, that was part of his daily routine to be Batman. Yep. So, like, these, all these actors, all right, and none of them are action, action stars, right? None of them. Okay? Like, like, you could say Ben Affleck has action movies in his repertoire, but he's not like, yeah, you know, he's not John Cena and he's not The Rock. Okay. All in or, or, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Marky Mark. Um, oh, anyway, right. <laughs> which never has him as Batman because he can't do anything but play himself. But, um, you know, none of these guys have that, that background of, okay, I'm always an action hero. I have to keep this physique. They go in. They get the physique for the character. You look at him when he's moving that table, and I'm like, is he going to struggle moving that table? <laughs> yes. How, how does he move in that armor? Because I'll tell you what, that suit in real life would weigh upwards of 200 pounds. So to move around in that thing, you've got to have muscles. And that just made yeah. me – that was it. That, that thing right there, I was like, man. It made it less thing. real. Yeah. I was like – Cause like, I, go, that's, that's I, whole, I took my shirt off and I was like, I am bigger than that dude. And that makes me mad because I shouldn't be. He's Batman. Even in year two, he was ripped. I was going to say, if anything in year two, that's that's after he's already done like half a decade with the freaking League of Shadows. Well, or they got rid of that. They, they're not putting that in the movie. No, no, they don't need it in the movie, but the whole point is that he got that training. Like, that's how he becomes Batman. Like, you know, like, I, they, they try to, like... Unless they're going to try to say, like, his butler taught him how to fight. Like, they're, sure. they're, going, they're totally going with the butler. I, like, 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 the whole thing is, like, a butler can't teach you how to fight 12 people. It's impossible. He's not but he was people. in MI6. No, I, I know. It's so funny. But, like, my biggest thing is, like, that can all still be true, but it's still an impossible thing for one person to teach one person how to fight 12 people. And that's something that Batman learns only from the League of Shadows. And even if they don't bring it up, he still would have had to have gone through immense training. They remember the fight scene where, like, he, he saves the dude who's about to get beaten up, and he fights like literally twelve people. Mm-hmm. Like, you would have to be muscle bound for shield purposes, like taking hits, let alone the strength to deal with twelve people. Like, it, it, well, like if they wanted to go with a smaller physique, which I'm I'm totally fine with with smaller dudes. Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee is a smaller physique. But he's still yeah, in shredded. Shape. Yeah, shredded. Yeah. So if that's what they were going for, is a more ninja physique. Because I argue with my my little brother. You know, he grew up wanting to do backflips and training for for ninja stuff. And I'm over here, you know, lifting weights. And we used to argue all the time about who could do what. And he was like, "Well, if they're going for that, he would need to have like more of a Bruce Lee physique." And I'm like, "The dude just had skinny ripped physique for to me." You know, yeah, like, instead of skinny fat, he was skinny. Yeah, he looked ripped, but it was just because he was skinny. Like he didn't put any effort into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have all the drugs in the world in Hollywood. Dude could have made yeah. it. <laughs> like, that's all I'm gonna say. And that that bugged me a little bit because it takes me out of the belief 
you know, with with a lot of these movies, we can suspend belief for a little while. There's that that error, the area where we exist in um, in fantasy where you can yeah. suspend your belief. But then, when you grow up on these characters, and all of a sudden you see them not anywhere near what you expect. Like the suit was awesome. I'll give them that. Um, which I still I don't like how how tactical it looked. You know. Like, that's interesting. I actually, I actually kind of liked a lot, like the fact that he had the, uh, like those contacts were freaking awesome. I loved that. I liked the fact that they had more tech in here, like even just the grappling hook, a callback, because like I feel like it's not, it hasn't been used to no. that much of a degree in the last couple of movies. Like they, they definitely went more. This is the billionaire with a bunch of random tech, and the fact that he's two years in, he's not amazing at it yet, but he's still doing some really cool stuff. Like remember when he jumps and he like panic for a second but he knew like i actually liked that like some of that stuff was kind of cool because no league of shadows is teaching you how to fly off a building when a bunch of cops are chasing you um but like yeah overall i enjoyed the film i actually like people think i hate the film but it's just that the film is good but you can have one that you could like like if we're gonna get a good batman film we need to just really hone in on the bruce wayne and if they're bringing dude back which i don't think he was terrible in the role but if they're going to bring him back, yeah. be like, hey, here's some protein shakes, you know? <laughs> here's here's some coffee. Trainer. Like, look at Chris Hemsworth for Thor. Did you see him before he became Thor? Yeah, he was. He had an inverted chest. Like, he was skinny. <laughs> and now I look at Thor Love and Thunder. I'm like, man, I need to up my game. <laughs> like, dude, is huge. And my, my wife thinks it's attractive. So I guess I need to grow my hair out longer. And Yeah. 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 Some more. Yeah, to get the luscious locks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll just get a wig. But like, there, that was my only thing about that. And I, I, I uh, actually had another talk about, you know, the whole DC, Marvel, and and Star Wars because Disney is essentially now not the House of Mouse anymore. It's the House of Marvel and Star Wars. That's the only thing that apparently they can make. And I was talking to somebody about. Have you guys seen the new Star Wars yet? The Kenobi? No, I have not. I've not seen Kenobi yet. I haven't seen seen the Bobo one either. I have to see that one. I didn't finish that, but I haven't seen uh, Kenobi yet because I was watching the boys at work. So, you know. I've heard really mixed reviews. I heard some people that were like, it's really good, and other people that were like, I I don't like it at all. (laughs) Well, if you think it's really good, that's great for them. They probably enjoyed the sequel trilogy. Yeah. (laughs) So, my take on, on all of that is Disney does really well with characters we know nothing about all right mandalorian for instance we had no yes. expectations of the mandalorian and therefore tossing in some characters we know here and there and giving us a good story was easy we enjoyed it taking boba fett and kenobi characters we've had given boba fett in the movies doesn't have a lot of screen time but if you take the animation and then even his comic book which i think they kept the comic book canonical. Like I believe so, yeah. We have a backstory on Boba, which they destroy in the film in the in the show. Now, given I actually kind of enjoyed the show, it wasn't that bad, but they couldn't give us Boba Fett because the Boba Fett we wanted, we got with Mandalorian. Okay. So Mm -hmm. sadly, like that's where they screwed up there. And then you can't take Kenobi, who has seven or eight seasons of content on top of four movies. And then give us a show where he's bowing down to a stormtrooper, like, <laughs> like 
The first time you're introduced to Ben Kenobi is when you hear, these are not the droids you're looking for, right? And then you take him to a show where he's having to be interrogated by stormtroopers and is afraid to use the Force. And they're supposed to only be a few years in between those two. Like, it's mm. not that long between Kenobi and, um, you know, episode four. So it, all I'm saying is what I've seen in Kenobi so far, I'm like, all right, Disney, stay away from characters we know and we love because you're never going to do it right, sadly. Because in the eyes of the fans, we just have these expectations that you're not going to meet. Well, like Solo? <laughs> I, I like Solo the movie, but like we didn't need it for one. And why did they have to tell us where he got his last name from? We don't care. Yeah. Like that was there were so many stupid parts of Solo, but the, I liked the heist part of it. Like it was a fun. Heist yeah. Movie. But other than just being a fun movie, it was a stupid Star Wars movie. Um, <laughs> that, that's a, that's actually uh, how I describe the the, um, the the final sequel, like the final trilogy, was that um, they were like. Uh, how did I phrase it? They were like great action movies, good sci-fi movies, and terrible Star Wars movies. Well, seven, seven could have been a Star Wars movie because J.J. Abrams does what J.J. Abrams best and was like, okay, so you did this? Cool, I'm going to take it over here and I'm going to just give it some new shine and some new color and we're going to swap this. Like, he, he keeps... That's what J.J. Abrams does. He doesn't have an original bone in his body. Like, as far as when he recreates something that we... have we're, 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 he tries not to destroy, like you know, right. your childhood. Yeah. Hard, in my opinion, because he just took. All right, so episode four. Yep, we're gonna take you, and we're just gonna give you a new coat of paint. Okay, that's what we got. Yeah, right. so, yeah, seven definitely could like the way that seven ended. I think that they could have kept going in a on a great path, but like I, my my biggest thing was that, that episode eight opened up like six plot points that were never closed in episode nine. Well, and it didn't, it didn't make any sense. Like, like the Finns, the Finn story became irrelevant. Well, Finn like, became Finn. relevant in eight. They just like, so, so I've literally had like, what, what, how long has it been since eight came out? I'd probably spent six to eight hours a week talking about this, this, this one movie because I hate <laughs> it that much. Um, yeah. My friend and I, we've, we grew up on Star Wars. Actually, the guy who plays Caliber. Every time we talk, always turns into our hatred for eight, because we can't hate nine, because nine is an absolute clusterfuck of a shit piece of movie. Like it shouldn't have never been made. It is just everything taped together to try and hold it. Like it's we we describe it as nine is this idea of a movie duct taped together because it's about to fall apart because it's a piece of shit because it's left from eight. eight. I, yeah, I agree. That's, that's what I meant. Like eight opened up so many plot points, and then none of them were closed. And and I agree that eight. If, if anything, if eight was fixed, nine could have potentially been better. But honestly, like I still also I I still hate nine more than eight. But eight is what caused nine to happen. So I get it. Like I love how in nine they just randomly land on the spot they're supposed to be at for this one. Yeah, like, yeah that, that's what I mean. Like, they, yeah, exactly. They didn't. They basically were like, oh, and now everything worked out because it did. Yeah. Because we have because we need someone to watch the movie, but we're going to give it away in the in the trailer. Oh, oh. So surprised. That was actually the biggest thing too. Uh, I, I was listening to a podcast talk about this, and the thing that kind of sucked about the entirety of actually the the trilogy, including even the the seven, was the fact that the 
first three movies make you think that Luke Skywalker is the hero, right? And then when you see the uh, the prequels, you realize that it's actually showing like the, almost this journey of Darth Vader, and that's actually more what the story is about. And when it goes into the final three, it kind of starts almost referencing that, and then it like completely goes, nope. That was actually a completely irrelevant story. Let's go on to what we really wanted to talk about. And yeah, like they just threw away all of the old stories for absolutely no reason. You know, they they brought back characters just to kill them on purpose. And like there was, you know, in unsatisfying ways, like, you know, it it was, yeah, yeah, I was not a a fan. (laughs) Again, eight was a good sci-fi movie. Yeah, that's, yeah. It was a good sci-fi movie, but the dude didn't understand Star Wars to save his life. I've been watching Star Wars since I was a kid. I've seen just about everything you can, even the Ewok movies and Ewok cartoon. Right? Not seen those, but yeah, that's funny. Well, they're on Disney Plus if you want to go check them out. I really enjoyed growing up. I used to watch those Ewok movies on Endor, like all the all the time. But um, since when do we give a shit about fuel? Right? Like fuel is now a thing that's so abundantly like like no, no, it's not. Um, you have your drives, you know, just like in, in episode one. You need to drive, but since when do we have to worry about fuel? Since when do we have gravity bomb that work in? Oh Jesus, that was probably my that was probably the the second that happened in the theater. I literally like out loud verbally was like, "What? Yep. Like how is that working? You're in space!" Like the first five minutes of that movie ruined it for me with the gravity bombs and the cell phone call. They have interdimensional communication. Literally, like, they're talking between starships and battleships all over the damn galaxy, and you mean to tell me that this one X-Wing that's trying to communicate with the ship right in front of it, they think there's going to be some kind of communication error? Hmm. I like, actually don't remember that scene. It's when Poe is like, oh, sorry, I can't hear you. What would you say? Like, oh, yeah, it, yeah. It, I, I, okay. Comedy, but it completely takes you out of the element because I've watched Star Wars so many times, yeah. and they communicate all over the place, no problem. Yeah, and then, and then the other big problem too was the uh, what's it called the the hyper the hyper warp or the what's it called hyperdrive where they go, end up going through the giant ship. Yeah, because that would happen. Well, no, the, the biggest thing is first off, in reality, that actually probably would happen. But now that that's a a, a a possibility, that means that the Death Star would have been so easy. Take a Tie Fighter and put it in hyperdrive. You know what I mean? Like, like you could destroy anything then. So like they by adding that element because they have they've established so far in what fifty what it came out the seventies so we're going on what forty fifty years um, in the entire time that's never been a thing and that's, that's, yeah decades worth of material if that could happen like you said with the Death Star why would we even have these big epic battles right like yeah. Because it, it was, yeah, like it literally ripped through it like tissue paper. Like it was, actually, it made me think of, uh, what's it called? Did you ever see Galaxy Quest? My ship would tear through yours like tissue paper. <laughs> Love that movie. Oh, uh, but, and, and, and now all of a sudden we don't have autopilot on these ships. Like how many times did Han walk away from the Millennium Falcon while it was just in space? Yeah. We, and they even they even screw up their own cannon in the Mandalorian because Home Dude goes to sleep and has his ship running. Yeah, 
Well, the other one too about that is that the only reason they did that, like you know, the autopilot not not working or whatever the reason she had to drive it, was to make this character like like so you care about them and then they sacrifice themselves. And ironically, they chose a character that I could give a crap about. Like she had, I I had zero value for her in the rest of the story because she was basically a terrible person with no redeeming qualities, and then has one redemption moment. I'm like, you didn't even have a character arc. If they had killed Poe, yeah, because he was supposed to die in the first movie, and then they decided to bring him back because they liked uh, the actor. No, that's the whole thing. Is like, I I don't know why after Game of Thrones, people haven't realized it's okay to kill big characters. That actually gives you more meaning. Like, it it really pulls you into the story. And you're right, yeah. Like that. That's what should have happened. Is Poe should have been the one that did it because he's had this rough patch character arc. And then it would have been his final redeeming moment. He would have been gone down as a hero, and that would have been great. Instead, it's somebody we didn't care about. She was mean to everyone she ever talked to. And then she does one good thing, and we're supposed to be like, now I care? No. Like, you broke the rules of Star Wars to be the to literally get get this moment. And then you're like, wait, that means they could have done this forever. Like, she destroyed one of the biggest ships in the fleet with an, with an easy, like, uh, you know, uh, cheat code is like what the hell? Or the uh, what else did they do in that one? That or or the or the Princess Leia flying. I didn't like that either. Like I that it bothered me because like so I, my cousin's a huge Star Wars fan too. So he told me that apparently she is very uh, force uh, integrated with the force. But my biggest thing was like, but we've never seen anyone fly. They've done immense jumps, right? Where like they get that momentary flight. But it's like that's not a thing, and she's soaring through space. And this, like, that would have been just okay if she died there, because remember, like she died in real life. That was sad. Make this moment where that happens, and then it's done. I've said this a few times. The all right for one, yes, Leia arguably is force sensitive, not really fully trained, and we're never. And, and according to this story, Luke like disappears and never trained her. Okay, so. Unless somewhere there's an established piece in in your in your universe, which there isn't, but the thing that really pissed me off, and actually I almost walked out of the movie theater at that point. I was I was okay with the little bullshit up until now. And when she flew out of the ship, I'm going back to myself, little 80s kid. I think 87 was the first time I ever watched Star Wars. I was at my cousin's house for um Fourth uh, of July weekend. I remember it specifically, and they had a big screen TV, and I remember watching Star Wars on this big screen and him having some toys because he was a bit older than me, and that's what got me into Star Wars when I was four years old. All of a sudden, all this fantastic stuff, Wookies and starships, and I was like, "Oh my God, I have found my calling in life. This is what I want to be into my entire life." So, you know, take me into now. And I'm watching this character that I grew up. I love the character. She's witty. She's sarcastic. She's at a time period when we didn't have very many, like, strong, very female presences. Yeah, she was one of the first before it led to, like, some of the other great ones that happened after. Yeah. Right. Like, before Terminator 2, we had, like... That's exactly exactly what I was going to say. I'm like... Yeah, she was, like, the prequel. Like, she was awesome. And... Then they take her, and so I'm I'm introduced to her in space, right? And her send off in life, you know, because we knew she died. If I, I have yeah. watched her go off into space, 
and disappear because she was breaking up and doing all that. Yeah. I won't lie. When that happened, I, I probably would have cried tears in my eyes. I was like, this is beautiful. That little yep. kid inside of me is saying goodbye to a character that I grew up on that helped shape like hundred percent everything that I had enjoyed as a child into adulthood. And I was like, man, that's perfect. That's beautiful. And they shoot her back in. I, I'm sitting next to Brad in the movie that my wife's behind me because Brad and I were like, no, you don't want to sit next to us. This is going to be terrible. And I'm like, right. fuck this movie. I looked at him I was like, fuck this movie. Fuck this. I'm fucking leaving. Fuck. I, I just, I was done. After yeah. that, I was done. And they ruined, um, uh, you know, Finn, Finn coming all, in, in episode. Yeah, he was supposed to be like force sensitive and all this stuff. And then all that stuff basically disappeared and he was an irrelevant that, character. His entire journey entire journey in seven was going from being the scared you know um stormtrooper that didn't want to be a stormtrooper didn't want to do this his journey to being this hero okay and doing things that were outside of this character to grow and then so we have this whole like okay we're here and now he's supposed to be some hero dude oh wait no i want to run again wait what wait yeah Wait, what? You, you just, anything, yeah, it went like this and went back. Yeah, it, it, it didn't go forward. It just, it, yeah. We're, we're just going to, yeah, we don't need him. We're going to send him off on a, on a plot point that if we just take this out, has no bearing on the story whatsoever. Yeah, it's, it's actually funny. Uh, I, I remember, I think that was something else my cousin was talking about was I think he was interviewed about the fact he was very excited to play the role. He had a whole journey written out for him, and then they, they basically uh, – trashed it like he was supposed to have way more involvement and then he got rid like i think the thing that still resonated with me most like because it's just the most easily remembered for a moment that showcased how terrible they were at creating and closing plot holes is the moment they're getting sucked into that uh the sand trap and he goes i wanted to tell you something he never tells her nope it never even gets brought back up again. And like, like if they really wanted to be like, you know, dicks about it, and like keep it in the story, they could have been like, oh, what was the thing you wanted to tell me? And it's like, nah, like I'll let it go. And then you're like, ooh, what happened, right? Nothing. It's never brought up again. But like they did that for other things. That was just like the most easily like visible one where you're like, it just never happened. Like they never fell into a sand pit. Like garbage. Yeah. But I do need to jump off here. <laughs> <laughs> We always like, what else can we? Right, right. I was like, what else can we trash? We got to trash something else. <laughs> trash talk. That that should be the, the name of these episodes with me. We just sit here and trash talk stuff. Well, I call I called it a uh, pop culture takes a critical hit. So nice. I like it. I like okay. it. That's perfect. Um, well, speaking of crit, I guess we'll we'll cut the last three minutes and talk about my book real quick. <laughs> <laughs> It'll um, be the promo to a video that won't make sense. <laughs> right. So pretty much, this is what crit is about. Anyway, we trash talk. All, all types of different, um, you know, uh, stuff in it. But no, the, the book is just about finished. I, as of right now, I'm still within my time frame for shipping on time. I'm expecting some hiccups. Might be about a week late, but I should be able to ship either the last week of June, first week of July. I said it'd be June. I know I'll get the digital in everyone's hand by the end of June. But looking at my printer, um, uh, we all, we all use the same printer, and I've heard some 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 issues with him about seven days behind is what he's running. I've reached out to him. He swears he can get it done on time. Fingers crossed it'll be good. If not, we might be about a week late, which I think in the grand scheme of Indian Kickstarter, that's still acceptable. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> it was a year. So yeah, yeah. I mean, 
bottom so, line. I think we're still, you know, within that uh, a good window, and I'm looking at launching the next one probably late August, because the first two weeks of August I have to go to Sarasota for work, and then I have to go to the other beach for like I'll be at two weeks at the beach and different beaches, and I'm traveling quite a bit. Got to go to Disney at the end of this month. Like, yeah, we booked way too many vacations this year. So end of August that'll allow me to celebrate my birthday during a Kickstarter. That'll be fun. Um, nice. But book six, I've already got the covers done for it. I've got the, I mean, story's already written. That one is, uh, actually, we were going with the idea of Rock'em Sock'em. And then last minute, last week, we were talking about it. And we're changing it to Caffeinated Chaos. Just because of the the um, flow of the story makes a little more sense for the Caffeinated Chaos. Crit opens up their own coffee shop in that book. <laughs> a lot of that. Um, if you can imagine a bunch of superheroes running a coffee shop, that is... The first half of the book. We we might have chatted about this before, but uh, have you considered trying to get some like white label coffee made with branding on it? I've looked into it, and I'm thinking about for the Kickstarter doing coffee, yeah. like actual coffee cups and things, um, like more branded material for that. Because moving forward, the brand that they create in book six is what carries them through. Um, you, there's a lot of energy drink references and coffee and things that really. Um, drive the funding. Yeah, crit, crit sounds like a great energy drink. <laughs> like they got C4 and Monster Crit. Like I think that's actually a good name. Trying. That's another reason why I'm trying to reach out to some of these energy drink brands because energy drinks um, like Spectre, he actually has his own energy drink brand as you see in I think uh, I think it's book three. Um, he has like two different flavors that he that he actually sells throughout the entire run of Crit. That's how he gets money in game. Hmm is he's like, well, I want to create an energy drink. And he works for a big company, so he pitches it. And, you know, it's all kind of out of the, the book, but he has his own energy drink. And so when they leave, he takes the energy drink with him and, you know, continues selling that and selling his coffee and integrates the two. So I think it'd be cool if we had the the Crit coffee and the Crit energy drinks and things. It'd be really cool. If, as, a, as a side note, if you actually do want to get into energy drinks, you should look into powdered energy drinks first because that's definitely an easier um yeah like to develop so like like the like the i got g fuel like that's the one i got but there's like you know a dozen maybe two dozen of them that are big players out there that add sometimes like you know make your own brand and it's literally like somebody else's powder you tell them what flavors you want yeah flavor for you i'm thinking about doing that for the kickstarter um for book six and making it completely based off of energy drinks and caffeine and and just kind of owning that i think that'd be fun yeah because honestly if you do that um like because like if, even if they're uh, carbonated in the in the in the uh series I, I actually use like g fuel like a powdered energy drink and i mix like seltzer with it and like it actually makes it like a carbonated energy drink so you can even tell people like oh yeah just mix this with seltzer and you'll and you'll taste like what he tastes in the comics you know that kind of thing because uh yeah it's a cool idea i'm stealing that and i'm not gonna give you credit at all <laughs> oh, i'm totally okay with it seriously dude, dude, it's actually hilarious i actually met the uh the head of marketing for g fuel at the new york comic-con in 2018 and i told him that exactly and a year later, they launched a canned version that's carbonated. That's interesting. Yeah. And I, they might have been working on it because, like, everybody, like, obviously, I'm not the only person. But, like, I know that I, I, I watch a ton of, um, like, gamers and stuff that all drink G Fuel. And they all just mix it with water or milk. And I mix it with flavored seltzer specifically so that I can mix and get different flavors from one flavor. That's good. Right? 
and so that's what I told him. I'm like, and I, I love doing that, but I'm like, honestly, if you guys just sold carbonated cans, I bet people would buy it. Like, I don't need you because I, I get the powdered ones anyways, and I'm sure that would be cheaper for me than buying the cans. But some people want the convenience of grabbing a can to go, like a monster can, and, uh, you know, having a G fuel. And now they got them in, like, 7-Elevens and stuff. I'm like, damn, like, that really blew up. <laughs> so yeah so yeah you can literally do that you get like a powder energy drink there's a bunch of white label ones out there you tell them what flavors you want slap a, a label on it you definitely want to uh design a cool ass label um like that packaging is like so important like but yeah if you get all that stuff wrapped up and then you just tell someone yeah mix with seltzer and you'll have you know what they had in the in the comic book like i think that'd be awesome well that's my next kickstarter right there thank you for helping me uh so oh, launching late august we're gonna have caffeinated chaos full of our own and uh, now i need to research that so yeah definitely <laughs> cool well um yeah so so kickstarter you'll everyone should start receiving them early to mid-july um also depending on the novel you know those might take a little bit longer to print um just because that's kind of nature of that but we'll have the majority of them out I, i've already sent digital rewards for the original books that everybody backed so if you back the kickstarter and got you know, the previous issues, I've already sent those out. And yeah, so book six, caffeine and robots. That's that's where we're at. So <laughs> nice. Guys, uh, it was great. I got to go pick up my kid. So um, cool. So right before you go, uh, yeah. where's if you could lead them to one place like uh, Instagram or a website, where's the place you want people to go? Homebrewedcomics.com. You can get everything, including this uh, stuffed cat that's over here on my, uh, my side. We finally put that on there. T-shirts, hats, the whole nine yards. So you can get everything, even this hoodie. Um, and the books, nice. if you want to read books. And I think the digitals are – I have, still have a free book, and then I, all the all the digitals are only a dollar. So you can pick those up on there. Cool. Check it out. Nice. Okay. Guys, awesome. thank you so much. Uh, I always love coming on here and talking shit about uh, – <laughs> <so. laughs> You guys have Great. a good one. Yeah, you too. It was great having you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah.